The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap pod for this week's WGC Dell Technologies Match Play. And joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. What's up, Greg? What's going on, guys? Excited to be here. Uh, I'm hoping to keep the energy up tonight. Uh, We certainly, we certainly will. Uh, Mark Immelman is here. Mark, good to see you. How's the boys back home? It's nice to be home. And let me tell you, the pollen is out in full force in Georgia. If you're thinking down the track about 10 days, I've got the stuff everywhere in my nostrils and the like. But otherwise, start, we're good. Start popping those allergy pills every morning. That's what you got to do. Kyle Porter, KP, what up? How do you decide like what order to go to people? Is it random? Is it uh yeah, unless, at the, I, unless at i'm camera. scheming unless i'm scheming something uh then i usually kind of go random. you usually come last because you're you're kp you're i get to put the exclamation point on it you usually have a little quip that starts us off so i usually go to you last i think it's also because i'm always looking at my phone so you're yeah, like well, you're, he's not you're pay- never paying he's attention not, <laughs> he's not paying attention <laughs> greg 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 looks me dead in the eyes the entire podcast so i know i can go there first and we're not gonna we're not gonna have any issues wow that makes i i always feel like i'm i'm looking off in the distance so my my self-consciousness is am i looking at the camera enough so i i guess i am but um so thanks for that rick yeah of course right. also uh great. coach coach is not with us uh but he did win uh, the bracket challenge out of uh, out of us, gentlemen. So we've we've done everyone a favor, not had him on tonight because I think we oh, would be God. hearing a lot about it if if we I, had him here this evening. I think win is a pretty relative, like yes. it's a pretty yes. liberal term. It was the last yeah, man I, standing, basically. Yeah, his his bracket was uh, so he got like three. Okay, so he had Scheffler. That he had Scheffler losing in the quarterfinals. That was essentially good enough. <laughs> What the rest of our of our brackets looked like. It was it was pretty ugly stuff. It is still madness time in the sports world with the NCAA tournament as crazy as ever. But diehard sports fans like you know you want to stay in the know with all sports. And that's where CBS Sports HQ is your streaming answer. Just think about what is on tap this week alone. NFL draft and offseason coverage. MLB opening day Thursday. Think about that. Bellator 255, that's Friday. Golf picks and highlights on and off the course. You get unmatched breaking news coverage. We could go on and on, but you get it. Sports never sleeps, and neither does CBS Sports HQ. It's available on your computer, your phone, via the CBS Sports app, and your connected TV. I leave it on all day long, and if you live and breathe sports, I'd encourage you to as well. Gentlemen, after seven matches over five days it is billy horschel hoisting a world golf championships trophy the sixth pga tour victory of his career greg we'll start with you how would you describe billy horschel's performance this week man um well today was kind of a separate <laughs> thing <laughs> yeah. Nice caveat. Look, I, I was wondering how nice he was going to be. <laughs> this, be this always happens. Sunday is a tough day. It's the seventh round that they've played in five days. Uh, and when you add win, when you have the toughest conditions on the the seventh round, it's just you're set up for you're set up for a long match. So this wasn't exactly exciting. It wasn't exactly the finish that we got all through the week. Like this this week especially during group play was so exciting. It felt like every match was coming down to the 17th and 18th holes. And, and those are just, and six, 16 is a per 16, 17, 18 is perfect. Uh, a perfect way to finish the match play. There are birdies and, and eagles and bogeys and, and others. So it, it was great. Um, as for Billy himself, he did exactly what he had to do. And I felt like he was always 
in control of his matches. He, there were a couple where he was down early. Like he was, um, like, like we'd aside from the loss to JT post. And there were a couple where he was down, but what I really liked is the match against Colin Morikawa, where he mm-hmm. needed a win in order to advance through the group stage. And he, he trailed, uh, only after, only after the 12th hole, he trailed one down. He was leading for the remainder of that match. And then in his match against Kevin Streelman, his first match, he led the entire time and was able to close that out on 17. So he was able to get control of many of the matches early and do exactly what he had to do to win. We saw more of that against Scotty Scheffler, who didn't really pressure him. But he basically just played great box-out golf where he did exactly what you had to do and stay ahead of. So I, I was impressed. Yeah, we'll talk about that that Scotty Scheffler match here in a second, Mark. But let's mine into the path here for Billy Horschel. So he defeats Max Homa, one up in round one. He loses to JT Post and kind of got whooped a little bit, four and two. Defeats Colin Morikawa, three and two, to get out of group five. And then the run is three and one over Kevin Streelman. He defeats Tommy Fleetwood in extra holes. And then he gets through Victor Perez on Sunday morning before taking down Scotty Scheffler here in the finals. That's a pretty impressive route uh, if you have to go through seven matches of match play. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think enough credit is paid to the, the folks he went through. I mean, Marikawa in that group, the top seed was always going to be a tough out, and Billy handled him quite well. And then when you get into knockout stages, anything is possible. You know, Greg touched on that a little bit. And, and you draw Tommy Fleetwood, who I didn't think was playing very well um, earlier in the week, but it seemed like he was getting stronger in every match. The ball striking got a little tighter. He started to make a few more putts, and so Fleetwood looked like he was certainly going to be a tough out, but Billy handled the thing. Um, and, and the thing that stood out to me about his performance is twofold. First off, good on him, because just a few weeks ago down there in Bradenton, he was on the receiving end of Marikawa and finished runner-up down there in the World Golf Championships event. So all of a sudden, just a few weeks hence, now he wins. So how's that record? He's gone second first and has actually been playing pretty solidly the last little stretch here in Florida. He plays well in the Valero Texas Open, so maybe he can kick this thing on. So there's that. And then I just want to recognize his physical shape, you know, because it's grueling stuff. And I can tell you that golf course is a tough walk. It's up and down. The the, the front side is all elevated and sort of winds between the, the Austin Hills. And then the back nine, you go down the hill and... You, you play until the final couple holes are uphill. I mean, 16 is like thrombosis hill. You walk uphill a long way. And then there's a big walk to get to 17T up a sharp hill. And and he looked fresh coming down the stretch in every one of those matches. Where I, As I was watching, I saw a lot of guys kind of falter a little bit late in the round where Billy was in good shape. And so all the work he does in the gym, uh, the discipline he shows in preparation was well rewarded. So, you know... It, it, it was an earned victory. No one fell over in front of him, that's for certain. It was it was earned. As Greg put it, he did exactly what he needed to KP. When you look at the finals against Scotty Scheffler, um, I look at scorecards as, as I glance at this. I believe the last birdie we got from either guy was the fifth hole. Am I reading that correctly? So uh, Billy Horschel did what he needed to, but there certainly weren't many fireworks uh, on, on, on Sunday at, at Austin Country Club. Yeah, really all day. I mean, and and I think what's interesting about Horschel, it's very and and this is this is both the best and worst thing about match play is how situational it is. He plays the first two days in even par, so that was Homa and Poston. I think he was two under against Homa, two over against Poston. He plays the last two matches in even par, so he was mm. two. No, he was one over against Scheffler and one under against Victor Perez and. You know the the middle three played he played pretty good golf right but but the the first two and the last two it's like now granted Sunday I think Sunday was tough so I I think if you look at I don't we we have very incomplete strokes gain stuff for the last day because there's only you know four guys but it's it's a little unfair to say even par on the last day was it wasn't bad but it wasn't good I mean he said it in his in his interview he was like I didn't I didn't play very well today. And it's yeah. like, well, here's a check for 1.8 million, which is, <laughs> which is like a great thing about match play, but it's also kind of an infuriating thing. If you're, if you're Patrick Cantlay, and you're like, wait a second, I played 13 under the first three days and this guy won. And so I don't know. It's, it's, it's really interesting. The final was brutal. And I think somebody, for somebody like Horschel, 
I think it makes sense that somebody like him would win because when it becomes a war of attrition, half the battle is how much energy do you have? And he has twice as much energy as everybody else out there. I think if this thing, if this thing was six more rounds, he'd win by, by a lot more just because that, that skill, I guess if you want to call it that becomes disproportionately valuable late in a, in a match play event like this. So I, I thought that that was what kind of, I mean, he, he, we talked about guys it wouldn't be fun to play against. It would not be fun to play against Billy Horschel. He's always talking to you. He's always talking, and he's just relentless. I mean, he just doesn't let up, whether it's with his golf or with his, with his you, know, you know, talking or whatever. <laughs> that is a good call because I just want to toss this out there to you, Rick. I mean, since Wednesday when the tournament kicked off, he's played seven rounds of golf. Mm-hmm. In fact, the final four guys played seven rounds of golf in four days. That is tough sledding, man. I don't care who you are. And so, you know, to the victor go the spoils. He's, he's, he's earned the right to be the freshest. I, I'm I'm exhausted just watching Billy Horschel, just yes. watching him out yes. there, listening to him, all that stuff, Greg. And 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 while he would be uh, certainly, I think, annoying and difficult to play against if I had to, he's also very generous out there. I don't know if you've paid attention all week long. He gave putts that I was routinely like, Billy, are you are you like campaigning for something right now? Like you are everybody's best friend. He did it all all week long, and I guess not even to his own detriment because here he is uh, on Sunday as our champion. There is a little bit of gamesmanship to it. My original thought is like early in matches, I like to give people putts personally, and it, it works very well. This is PGA Tour level. But when somebody's thinking, and when you put the question into somebody's mind, am I going to have to hit that putt? Along with that comes doubt. And it takes a very strong mind to say, okay, I'm ready to hit that putt. I'm ready to make it. But if you're constantly giving putts, it can make your opponent relax a little bit. It can doesn't always and then and then at one point when they really don't want to hit a putt you make them hit it and and you can kind of encourage them to miss it it, look is that a huge deal no but the one that really surprised me was today at number two (laughs) giving a giving a 35 footer right i mean that that's different than giving a four footer giving a three footer on number two it's a lot it's a lot different there's gamesmanship in hey i'm not going to let him hit that three footer because I, I want him to think about it. I want to put down. Th- that's a potential strategy. But given a 35-footer, I I don't understand. I don't understand. Maybe there's there's nothing to gain from it. So, I, hey, he won. He won. But that was a very interesting uh, play right there. Do you was think that- for one minute he might have lost count? Because <laughs> I was with you. You know, really. Yeah, yeah, seriously, serious, he might have. He might have thought he was putting for six and he had to three. Yeah, it's a good point, Mark. It, that oldest, would make more sense than anything I've thought of. The oldest trick in the book is to give a guy a putt early and then you and you give him one or two and all of a sudden late in the round, you're like, no, you got a putt and you catch him unawares. So I can see him doing that a bunch. But I looked at that. And I'm like, he must have lost count because those greens are difficult. And, and the speed was was constantly changing to me. I mean, the, 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 the greens were soft and very slow for their um, for what they normally like early in the week, and then as they began to firm up, you could see them picking up speed. So I, I, it was a it was a severe mental misstep, and I'm wondering if you miscounted. I really am. Was there a birdie putt made in the finals? Oh, because that one was conceded. That was technically an eagle putt, right on two, and on five, which was the last birdie putt that we had. Horschel chipped in. Yep. So Those I are the only two birdies. Say no, right? There wasn't a no. birdie putt made in the finals. <laughs> they should, they should roll this up. Whoever wins in twenty twenty two should get two trophies. Like, just roll it over. Just give them both second. That's you can't make one. I mean, I get that it's windy, but like, I'm, I'm going to be the crotchety old guy, old guy now, right? Um, because like in round one, Brian Harmon goes off and makes eight birdies and loses. Then Bubba makes four birdies and loses to Harmon yesterday, whenever it was. And, and Harmon makes eight in a row. It's about making one less than whatever your other guy shoots. If he makes nine, if you make eight, you win the hole. That's just what match play is. Well, just, no just make one. Like, it, it shouldn't be a finals unless one person makes one birdie. They should just throw the whole thing out. Give the trophy to Sergio for his hole-in-one. <laughs> I understand what what uh, what you're saying, Kyle, because you got to make somebody should have made a bird like Scotty Scheffler had plenty of birdie opportunities coming down the stretch. Horschel, you could argue at 12 
Um, or or at sixteen, like he should not be making six on on twelve after laying. There's no way. But the um, but to Mark's point, you have the opportunity when you're up, when you're leading, like Billy Horschel was to yeah. to play. I you call it box out, match. right? Yeah, it, it's like a game of horse. You get in horse if you start with the ball, you don't start at the half court line because now you're going to give the ball away. But if you start with a couple of layups, a couple of shots, you really like some mid-range, you control the game, maybe you catch them off, and mistake, but you're shooting first. You're always in control. And early on, what I thought was the tipping point of the match was on seven when Scotty hit that chip shot way by and makes bogey. Um, all of a sudden, he loses that momentum that he had all weekend. Once he got out of group stage, he didn't trail in a match until number seven there. Um, and that was a real turning point because now all of a sudden he gave the ball back to Horschel and now Horschel just boxed him out. I, 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 Greg, how often do you play horse? You have, a, you have the strategy down pat here. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I, I bet Greg's good champion. at horse. I've retired. Yeah. I control the game. I bet he's pretty good. <laughs> he's, 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 to time. boxing out and also to horse in this podcast alone. I think yeah. Greg is it's getting shots up in his, in his, in his yeah. pastime. Yeah. Well, I grew up playing uh, Nerf basketball. I almost took the second <laughs> Nerf floor basketball. Of our, yeah, the second floor of my uh, childhood home is probably falling through now. From, <laughs> I mean, I played up until I was a junior in high school, solo Nerf basketball. Nerf or, oh, or yeah. JV? Uh, Nerf. I, I never played organized <laughs> basketball. <laughs> Yeah. I, I hate, so to, a little I hate to go further on this, but Nerf, we're talking about Nerf basketball, right? Like a little hoop and a little ball. And a Nerf yeah, I had okay. I had this Nerf basketball hoop on outside my bedroom, up on the mantle, I love this. and I would play for hours. I mean, literally, when I was in middle school, especially, I would play all like all. I wouldn't. I'd be missing homework assignments because I'm playing you know, well, you Nerf were, basketball by myself upstairs. You were you were talking about basketball as if you were like. <laughs> We're at 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 least a role player on like the on varsity, well, and the, yeah. it, this is like somebody saying, "Hey, I played professional golf for a long time," and and it's like, "Oh, what you know, what tour?" Oh, well, I was on like the you know the Hooters, t- like I, I I was missing cuts on the Hooters tour, and you're like, "Oh, well, that's uh, I don't I don't know is if- that is that relevant." Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but yeah, it, the good news is here I'm talking about horse. So this is like giving <laughs> this is like a Hooters tour player giving advice on mini putt. Right? Hey, uh, what's, that, what's that tour that the club pro guy used to play on? The Mexican mini the Mexican tour. Mini tour. <laughs> uh, the only thing I can think better than being a role player on varsity is being the star of Nerf basketball, which is exactly what Greg Ducharme yes, was. Let's I was. talk. Let's talk about Scotty Scheffler. Could have become the second WGC winner this year, Mark, under the age of 25. He was looking for the first career PGA Tour victory for it to come in a WGC. Would have been quite interesting. But he comes up a bit short, looked a bit flat as the day went on. Just couldn't get much going on Sunday. But we'll get to his path in a second. His path to this final was Mm, unbelievable. It really was. And. And you know what? I'm probably the wrong guy to ask to comment on this because I was just looking through myself and a couple of colleagues from PGA Tour Live had this little pool where we each put a sum of money in and then we picked matches every day. And the guy with the best record, of course, won the money. And in hindsight, as I look back now, I called less than a third of the matches correctly. So I had no idea what was going on this week. Um, and And I just couldn't figure out. I couldn't figure out what the recipe to success was around there and match play is difficult over 18 holes. We all know because you one guy and, and you get on the wrong side, all of a sudden that person accelerates. But the one thing that really impressed me by what Scotty did was he just seemed so calm all of the time. He never looked too flustered, you know, all the matches against all these stars. I mean, that match against Poulter was our feature group match um, early Saturday morning. And you're expecting Poulter to go bananas. And on the first hole, Poulter's way over the back of the green DOA and pitches it up there to about 15 feet, which was fantastic, and drills that for a tie. And I'm like, here we go, Poulter at full force. And Scheffler just cruised. He just kept him at bay. And then Poulter drills this 40-footer on 11. Scotty doesn't flinch, chips in on top of him. Then Poulter makes his bomb on 13. And Scotty holds a downhill six-footer to tie the hole. And and so he just stayed so calm the whole time. And I've always been impressed at him. You know, you don't stumble into the Rookie of the Year award. But he went up in my estimations because playing in front of your home crowd, that is hard. I don't care what you say because they, 
They can carry you along, but there's extra pressure that's involved. So there's that. It's a difficult golf course. Yes, he knows it, but you still have to hit the shots. You still have to make the putts. And the mindset he showed throughout these seven matches, I was highly impressed. And so I, I, I just hope for his sake, he takes, he takes this and he builds on this thing to, to, to put together a big year and a hopefully bigger career. Yeah. Here, here's the path that Scotty Scheffler went through KP. He, he defeats Jason day in round one, two up. He ties Andy Sullivan. He goes on to tie Xander Shoffley in which he then has to defeat Xander Shoffley in a playoff. Then he gets into the, the single elimination round, uh, beats up on Ian Poulter five and four defeats John Rahm three and one beats Matt Kuchar, who became, uh, the second most winningest player all time at this event and then falls just short. I mean, this was, this was the gauntlet for him to get even into the finals. Yeah. The Saturday stuff was crazy. Cause he goes, he was 15 under through, what is that? 31 holes against Poulter and Rom against, you know, a percentage of the writer of the European Ryder cup team. And yeah, he, he was awesome. You know, I, the Scheffler, I, you want to see him win. Like you don't want, you don't want it to be this thing where it's like, Oh, it's four years in man. Scheffler's really good. Why, why hasn't he won yet? You know? And, and he's won on the corn ferry. So I, I think it's still a little bit unfair to, to kind of talk about that, but God, he just had so many opportunities in the afternoon against Horschel and just didn't. It was just, I, I w- it felt like he, it was like time for him to do it and he just didn't do it. So I thought that was a little bit disappointing. But I think if you're him, you have to look at the week as a whole as, as, a, as a positive. And, you know, we always talk about Ryder Cup stuff at this time of year, like with the, with the match play. And I think he is. I mean, he's certainly on the fringes, but I think it would be really, he's going to have to do it like through his play at the majors over the next five months. But I think he's a really interesting guy for that team right now. Yeah, we let, let's just talk about Ryder Cup. That's on our outline. We'll get to it right now. So I- implications for Billy Horschel and Scotty Scheffler, Greg, because this is this is always the conversation we have, especially when you get match play, right? And it's like, oh wow, yeah, he goes out, he beats Poulter, he beats Rom, you know, uh, he he defeats Kucher, who has who has won so many match play uh, uh, events in his or not events, but matches in his life. But I still look at this. I still look at this USA team, Greg. Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Reed, Tony. Like, wh- I, like, it's just so stacked. Where, where do these guys even fit in? Right. Who do you pick? Who, who do you replace? And who, which, which one of these guys, if either, jumps Jordan Spieth? So, I mean, a couple of the things that come to the benefit of a player like Billy Horschel or Scotty Scheffler, and I'll include Jordan Spieth in that as well. Um, the fact that we're not going to have Tiger Woods in the mix as an option for a cap. I, I think Steve Stricker, if Tiger were healthy, would have a hard time saying no to Tiger. So that eats up a spot, um, which is no longer there. So we don't even we don't have to worry about the other is Brooks. Mm-hmm. How long is Brooks going to be injured for? And if this goes on for, I mean, I, Brooks has said he'll see what happens for Masters. I've also heard. People say um, Brad Faxon was saying it could be six to eight months. Yeah. So I, all of a sudden, yeah. Right. He, he's missing the nearly the whole year and he's not ready for Ryder Cup. So now all of a sudden that opens up another spot. And it's very interesting to Kyle's point, who who performs in the majors down the stretch here of these guys. They're going to have an opportunity to to get in the mix. But I will say this. This event always brings a correlation to Ryder Cup, and we always see the success of Kevin Kisner, and we want to get Kisner. To me, the guys are Kisner, Billy Horschel, and Kevin Na are three guys that we always want to – there's a big group that wants them to be a captain's pick. They want to get them on the team because they're a little bit different style-wise than the Americans. And I'm just not sure that this event really paints a great picture. These guys play match play all the time in their own backyards. They grew up playing match play in college. You heard Scotty Scheffler say, uh, you know, I'm, I, I do have a lot of match play experience just cause it's my first professional match. I do. I play match play all the time and I played it all the time in college. I'm experienced in match play. I think it kind of gets oversold with the correlation between this and the Ryder cup. I was just, I, you, but when you were asking about the captain's picks and stuff, I, I was going to mention Brooks Kepka. Um, because I'm not so sure he'll be available for the rest of the year. And if he's lightly run, if I was Captain Stricker, even though he's Brooks Kapka, I'm not so sure you would play him, especially on a bum knee, a knee where you've had sur- that you've had surgery on. Um, but you're always looking at folks, and we sort of prognosticate, but 
the best thing that the captain can always do, I think, is look at the folks who are playing well at the time. And a few years ago, there was a change made to the selection criteria where the team was moved to be announced after the Tour Championship because it used to be well before then. And you were having guys that some guy that won the Tour Championship or Xander finished runner-up was not even considered or he couldn't make the team. So I'd start looking farther down the track. But hey, uh, Steve Stricker did tweet that he was keeping eyeballs on Scheffler because look, <laughs> the the guy is a great player. We all know this. He's a super putter, which you have to be in match play. And he just looks so easily parable. And you could play him with anybody because he just is so easygoing. I do not envy Steve Stricker's uh, job here, KP, in trying to decide because he gets six of them. Six captain's picks because only six automatic qualifiers. This is going to be uh, quite the task when it comes time to, to punch these in. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of a fake six though, right? Because you're it, it's going to sort itself out to the point where it's like, okay, well, the, these guys, you're, you're not going to have somebody that's eighth in the points and not take them. Like it would just be, it would be, it would just be weird. Like they, you know, they're so conservative with the picks anyway, they take the safest option anyway, that they're not going to do that. But I think that, you know, you look at the list and it's like, if, if kept, <laughs> if Kepka and, and let's say Kepka's out, Harris English is 12th right now. I think everybody ahead of English is going to be in, which is DJ JT Bryson, Morikawa, Xander, Reed, Finau, Berger, Webb, Cantlay. I think those 10 are in probably. Berger, you know, we'll see how he plays at the majors. But I think more than likely those 10 are in. And then Speed's going to be in unless he just falls off the map because he's Speed. And because Patrick Reed can't win a match without him. And <laughs> then what do you do? Then you've got Scheffler, you've got Kisner, you've got Matthew Wolf could play great at the majors. You know, he hasn't been playing well, but he played great at the majors last year. So Max Home has been playing great. It's going to be a war. I mean, it's going to be... The, 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 you know, 13 through 18 guys are going to be, you could start another team with them and, and, yeah. uh, it's, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm excited to follow it, especially with how many points are available at the major championships over the next five months. Kyle, what, what seed do you think Jordan Spieth has to reach in order to kind of be a lock? You think he's got to get top 12? Do you think if he ended at 21st, like he is right now, you think he'd still get in? Yeah, I do. Because he's so ingrained with that group, like that group that's done. They've been through all the wars together, you know, the President's Cup stuff, the Ryder Cup stuff. I, I just think he's viewed. I mean, Phil said it like six years ago. He's like, this guy's the future of the American uh, teams, you know, and, and his play has fallen off. But I, I just I, I can't. I can't imagine them looking at this group and being like, you know what? We're going to go with Jason Kokrak over Jordan Spieth because he's ranked 13th and Spieth is ranked 21st. Like that's not going to happen. Right. right. So I, yeah, he, he has to keep playing well or at least somewhat well, but I, I if he's anywhere in the ballpark, I, I think they'll take him. The rest of the final four played in a consolation match, and it was Matt Kuchar coming out on top over Victor Perez, Mark, which means Victor Perez falls just short of earning his special temporary status. And as I mentioned earlier, Matt Kuchar moves into second place all time with 33 wins at this event. And of course, the only man with more one Tiger Woods. He's just like the default answer for what's the most ever, Mark. It's just Tiger. Just assume. Uh -huh. Yeah, well, look, you've got to be impressed at Matt Kuchar. The guy came in here with not very much form at all. I think I, I heard his best finish had been like maybe somewhere in the mid-30s in one of the event, events he had played. But he just started cruising. And man, let me tell you what, he dropped the hammer on Justin Thomas on Wednesday morning. I mean, that was, he, he just made putts from all over Austin, Texas on JT. And, and one really at a counter. And I looked at this, I'm like, well, it's an aberration. It's one of those sorts of things. But he just kept on backing it up. And he just was cruising and, and was unbeaten until the semifinal. And and I looked at this and it sort of made me smile deep down because it's match play. It's it's what it represents. But but I, I also love it when the medium range hitter who sort of cobbles together rounds and plays smart and and is academic about what he does and and sort of does the he's he's his own way to the game and i love it when folks like that have success and um you know Kuch's proven now because now he's probably got a little you know a little confidence going on about him and there's a few venues around the place that he can go and compete so 
you know, maybe this is another run where he starts to put himself in the, uh, you know, in the money. He plays places, die golf course as well. And we've got RBC heritage in front and, and we've got places where he's played well. So hopefully this is, you know, the change. He made a putter change this week, which looked like it worked great. Um, he found a little form with a golf swing. And so I, I was just amped that, you know, medium range hitter could, could comp compete and contend and, and he knocked off some pretty big hitters en route to that uh, that, that semifinal. Well, he certainly did. It's amazing what these guys can summon, even if they're not in great form. On the opposite side, uh, Victor Perez, Greg, has been in pretty great form. He entered this week as the 33rd ranked player in the world. We don't often see him over here on the PGA Tour, but when he comes over, he seems to play well. He had a top 25 at the PGA Championship. He had a top 10 at the Players' Championship just a couple of weeks ago. Now this, a Final Four at the match play. Is it time we start taking Victor Perez a lot more seriously? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I'm curious to see how often he starts to play over here. I uh, he has said that one of um, one of his goals is to play his way onto the PGA Tour. He nearly did that today. Only Matt Kuchar stood in his way. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see what happens in that regard. What sticks out to me about Victor Perez is what he did at the Players Championship. He shot 73, 71 to make the cut on the number. But the 71st shot was a was a chip in. He holed out to make the cut on the number and then ends up shooting 69, 67 over the weekend to finish inside the top 10. And a little moment like that, one turning point moment when the when the margins are so fine, which is what we see in the match play. You see this. There are so many upsets in match play because the margin between the best player in the world and the 64th best player in the world is so slim. I've often it's I mean, it's under probably under a shot um, yet. Oh, it's only over 18 holes. And that's the difference. You expand that all of a sudden the difference becomes more noticeable. So for a Victor Perez, that one moment at the Players Championship, that confidence, I believe, spurred him on to believe that he really can't compete over here. Uh, yeah, that's such a great call. I'd actually forgotten that, Rick. But that chip in was on Saturday morning because with with the time hadn't changed yet. Uh, that's the right. Field was so big. He didn't get done. He went out there in the gloaming on Saturday morning and knocked a chip in to make the cut. I'm like, talk about emphatic. And that's the <laughs> kind of thing you bring up such a good point where it's like, I can do this. I, I, I'm the one shot guy. And and there were plenty of scenarios this week because we had him in some coverage where he delivered on that one shot. And, you know, oftentimes it's just that one shot that can be uh, the difference between success and failure. And, and he looks like he's well on his way. Here are the updated official world golf rankings come Monday morning. KP Matt Kuchar is going to go to 43rd in the world. Victor Perez is going to move from 33 to 30. Scotty Scheffler is going to go to 22 and Billy Horschel is going to be the 17th ranked player in the world. The top 16 all go unchanged. Yeah. The Perez thing, it feels a little Alex Norany to me. To where it's like, yeah, he, good player. Like, could be on a Ryder Cup team. But does does thriving uh, on the European Tour translate on the PGA Tour? Usually, it doesn't. Just because it's 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 a it's more akin to uh, it's more akin to the Corn Ferry Tour that the European Tour is uh, in terms of talent. And so, I think that I think that Perez. I, I hope he's on the Ryder Cup team because I think he's a ton of fun to watch. And I think he would be plus the, the European team always has to have somebody named Victor who's kind of mysterious and like you don't really know what's going on. Um, so that that'll be great. Horschel. I, I mean, look, I was talking about this with my editor. He's in a position. You said he's 17th now. Correct. He's in a position where you got to take advantage of some of these major championships. And he hasn't. He's got one top. 15 finish, I think is what I saw. He finished T4 at Marion in what was that 13 when Justin Rose won. And that's it. He just he hasn't made any noise at the majors. And now it's right in front of him. Ryder Cup year coming off match play. You have to you have to do something, it, not even win, but just make some noise at a major championship. I I, I think that for me uh is, is what's going to be interesting about the rest of his season. One top 10 in 28 major championships for Billy Horschel. So that is what KP is referencing. I thought I had another stat to cap this off, but I don't think I do. So here's what we're going to do. We got to talk about Corrales, Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship and do a quick look ahead to the Texas Open, which 
if you're paying attention, that's one more stop away from Augusta National. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. And we're back. Opening day for the Major League Baseball season is this Thursday, April 1st. That's no April Fool's. That's that's true. If you need any last-minute fantasy baseball prep, make sure to listen to the Fantasy Baseball Today in 5 with Frank Stample, Scott White, and Chris Towers. It's the best way to stay up-to-date on the biggest news items in fantasy baseball in five minutes or less. Download and follow anywhere you listen to this podcast. Greg. One of our favorite events just occurred, Kraus Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. And nice. at the end of nice, and at the end of the day, <laughs> Joel Damon comes out on top. This was kind of out of nowhere. Damon had not played particularly well leading into this event. He described himself as inspired this week. He goes out, he shoots two under par on Sunday, enough for a one-shot victory over both Sam Ryder and Rafael Campos. It, it's a big deal. There's no master's invite, as we said. And by the way, it wouldn't be a, a first cut podcast if we didn't get the full Corrales <laughs> right. Punta Cana Resort and Club <laughs> Championship name in there. So nice. Now we got it in there twice. I think we're good on that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so for Joel Damon, it's it's a big deal. Not Masters, he, do, he doesn't get into Masters because of it, but he does get the two-year exemption, which is really nice. And he gains a little bit of confidence. I, I mean, this is, this is still a pretty strong field. You got... You got, um, I mean, at least a, a strong leaderboard coming down the stretch. They're not the best players in the world um, as, the, as those guys are at the match play, but you still have a Danny Willett, who's a major champion. You got Graham McDowell, who's a major champion, um, up there contending on Sunday in the mix. Um, and there were a, Sam Ryder just had a, a great run at the Honda Classic as well. So you have some strong players in there, and it's a big deal to be able to pull that off. I, I didn't see a whole bunch of this event, but I did see... Uh, a little bit today and those greens looked like they were firm the wind was blowing it didn't look easy and getting through the famed uh, devil's elbow to, to get a victory is a big deal <laughs> Devil's elbow. That's the one I always forget when we do the stretches yeah. of holes. I always forget that one. Uh, Mark, it's not only uh, the two-year exemption, but also Joel Damon's first win. I feel like a lot of, you know, he's he's one of these with Max Homer, one of the more popular guys on, on social. We know the bucket hat. We know all this stuff. It, it was kind of hard to be like, oh, yeah, that's right. That was his first PGA Tour victory. I'm surprised he hasn't won yet. Yeah, and you, you know what? I like Greg didn't watch very much of it. I, I was glued to the pillow fight. It was the final on the uh, World Golf Championships <laughs> match play. Um, but but I caught enough of it to see that this was really hard conditions. And here's a guy who played the back nine, two over par, and just held on to win by one. And I got to thinking about this because when it's a bit of a birdie barrage all over the show, you sort of get singular about what you're doing. You're playing offense and you're hitting shots and you're in contention. And you're trying to take the upper hand. But when conditions are difficult and par is golden and every four footer you over with those howling winds is difficult because you're getting buffeted around the place, that is just difficult. And for a person that hasn't won, that, that, that must have been so hard. And he has got to be so exhausted right now, but exhilarated. And, and I'm just jack for a guy that's 
sort of beaten the odds a little bit. You know, he's overcome cancer and there's been a bunch of stuff in his career that he's had to deal with. And he's always had a pretty good attitude about it. And you also, the thing about Joel Damon, he's not afraid to make some pretty controversial remarks. And so, you know, to back it up now and be a PGA Tour winner, even though it's a, at the alternate event, I think is a really cool deal for him. And, uh, and, and kudos to him. He, he went out and earned it in difficult conditions. Joel Damon had to dodge one last bullet, KP, from Rafael Campos on the 72nd hole. He hits a beautiful putt. He's got the fist pump cocked and ready to go. And it just slips out. It was that was like the most devastating misplot I've seen in a long time. It was. It was uh, that ten minute stretch of not even ten minutes, probably like three minutes, where they're trading putts. And I mean, that was far more exciting than anything that happened yes. at the match yeah. play. Yes. And we we saw this with oh uh, when Hovland beat um, uh, Josh Teeter last year at the opposite field. Port, oh, yeah. uh, Puerto Rico was it Puerto Rico? Yep, the curse. Yeah, come on, it's okay. the curse. Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm out of my world here. Uh, it was during Mexico, and I remember Mexico was kind of boring, so everybody was flipping over to Puerto Rico, and you see Josh Cheater just in tears afterwards, and that was sort of how Campos was as well. And and it, and it was it was a reminder of like, yeah, most of the guys out there are not playing for 1.8 million dollars in a heads up match on a Sunday, right? Most of the guys are Rafael Campos or Joel Damon and just trying to grind out getting to the next week, you know? And, and so that was, I, I love, I'm a sucker for stuff like that. I love yeah. stuff like that. And then Damon capping it off with, Hey, the, the tabs open. I'll be home next week at his <laughs> yeah. country club was, that was, at, uh, Mesa. It was yeah. it was good. It was, that was, that was the event of the weekend. I mean, that was much better than, than Sunday in Austin. It definitely won Sunday. The elation from Joel Damon and the uh, the despair from Rafael Campos was uh, un- unbelievable viewing television. We've got one more stop before we get to Augusta National. It's the Valero Texas Open, gentlemen. And and Greg, I'm looking through this list, and I still see Scotty Scheffler in the field. We'll we'll see about that one. I see Tony Finau in the field, and uh, Dustin Johnson essentially hate registered for this event at the last minute after he got. <laughs> After he got dropped from uh, from the group phase in 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 Austin this week, yeah, I'd be watching out for DJ, uh, not just because he's number one player in the world, but he seems to be. I mean, watching him at the match play, he seemed to be really into it. Like he really want. I feel like there was a a strong care there, and it's not that he doesn't care sometimes, but there's this level of intensity that I saw with him around Masters time last year. Um, so I expect him to put up a really good performance. I think he's focused and driven, and I think he wants to win the Masters uh, for a second time in a row, and I think he really thinks he can. So this is a big week for him. But the guy that I really have my eye on this week, kind of a, a sneaky pick who I think is ready to walk through the door and win, is Adam Hadwin. Um, and Adam wow, Hadwin. Wow. Made, that is yeah. sneaky. We, we agree. Sneaky. Very sneaky. Yeah. Deep. We're getting, this is, this is Sunday show, not Monday show. Yeah, I know. Right? I just thought, look, I, I'm, I'm looking out for Adam Hadwin as we go yeah. here. So you can mark it down now. Uh, he, it, the, he came in tied 29th at the players, tied eighth at the Honda. Um, and he's working with Mark Blackburn and they're, they are making some real strides. I've seen some on social, some of the videos coming along and it's, much improved. So he's one of those guys where his stats don't really match what I think his performance is right now. So I'm looking for him to break through and get a win. Hey, if we don't get if we don't get DJ and Kevin Na paired in the first two rounds, then what what's <laughs> why what are we doing here? Why why are we even here? Uh, Kevin Na infamously made what was it an eleven here was it sixteen I think 16? I think it was a oh sixteen on the ninth hole. Right Keeps the changing every time I think about it. Um, I think every Sunday we should just be like, here's the guy who's going to win, random guy that we can clip <laughs> if it ever happens. Like I'll be like Brent, Brendan <laughs> Brendan Steele Valero Texas Open. He's got it in the bag. Uh, Mark, this one's for you. You're you're a golf historian here. This event dates back to 1922. That's 99 years. Bob McDonald won the. Texas Open in 1922. Do you want to take a guess at what the first place paycheck was that week? What year was that? 1922. Remember? Wow. No, golf was in a lot better shape then than you are. $100. $100. $1,633. 
The whole wow. purse it's was the 5, roaring twenties. It's the roaring twenties. Things were booming. Things were, we're back. <laughs> the whole yeah, the whole yeah. purse was was five thousand bucks. But yeah, that's that's always fun. And Mark, this being kind of the final tune up before we get to Augusta National, you always wonder how guys treat this event, right? Is it an opportunity to to get a tune up to get into shape? Are they thinking one week ahead? Is it a look ahead game, or are they kind of living in the moment? Like what 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 are we dealing with this week? The TPC San Antonio, there are two golf courses there. I think they play the uh, Oaks course is the one. Um, it's nothing like Augusta National. You know, Houston, years past, they, they'd set the place up same way. They'd have the the shade, the roll-offs around the greens, and they've, they'd mow the grain in the fairways back to the players. So you've got a feel for it, and the greens were similar with green speeds and such. This place weaves in and out of cacti. Uh, there's rocks all over the show. If you miss a fairway in spots, you 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 could break golf clubs. It's that severe, and so I don't think this is a tune-up for Augusta National whatsoever. But for Dustin Johnson, perhaps you know, it appeared to me in some feature groups coverage, he was still just trying to get a complete bead on where the golf swing was. So maybe this is just more practice under pressure. And I say practice respectfully because I'm sure if he wins the Texas Open, it's going to be a really cool deal for him. And because there's, <laughs> it's an illustrious event. No, no, all jokes aside, I mean, you look at the honor roll here. I used to call this event a bunch. And San Antonio's a great place. Um, Hogan, Nelson, uh, the, the, it's Glitterati that have won this tournament. And so uh, it's, it's, it's no real tune-up, I think, for DJ. It's more just, you know, practice under pressure. And um, you, you talk about, you know, hot takes maybe or, or looking ahead. I, I, have, a, I have a sense the Jordan Spieth here in Texas is going to now finally do it. I, I really do. I hate that it would be one week early for Kyle Porter, but um, the, the way he's playing, the way he looked last week, he's carrying some serious mojo into this place, and he's played well here before. What would be the ideal finish, KP, for Jordan Spieth? Like, not win, right? Like, T, T6? T9. Yeah, T9. okay. Something like that would be the ideal yeah. finish for him this week. Hey, we've got, uh, I think we're up to 20, I was counting it, 25 out of 27 rounds. He's gained strokes on approach shots. Did That's, you count this week too? Because I, yeah, I, I think he did it every round this week. He did it every round and he, put, he didn't putt, which yeah. is just, I mean, ideal. Ideal <laughs> for going into Augusta. It couldn't be. We, we couldn't All be. coming together. If, if Bryson doesn't win by five, we could not be, tr- like the trajectory could not be better for Spieth right now. Bryson's I hate that this is working well with me. at all, boss. Did you watch any of his golf last week? He, we, uh, uh, I don't. I, this I, so part of part of my frustration with match play, I think, is the time of the year that it is. Because I want, I want takeaways for Augusta, like it, at this period of time, and I don't feel like I, I, I don't know what to take away from this week. You know, like can't wait. Beath is playing well. Cantlay gets bounced in the pool play, but he hit the ball like twice as good as anybody else. So what, what, what do I do with that? You know, and, and, and I just I feel some frustration over like it feels like match play is such a one off that has very little correlation with what happens at Augusta. So I don't know. I mean, Bryson's going to be fascinating. I, I don't know. We'll talk about it a ton over the next two weeks, I'm sure. Yeah, but to your point, I hear what you're trying to say, but honestly, you can have a week where you stripe it the entire week and you don't make anything and you still finish ninth or 10th. I mean, I I've been involved in stories like that countless times where a guy comes out of the week and he goes, man, I played great and I just didn't get the results. And then some guy sort of cobbles it together. Uh, there's a lot. I think there's a lot to take away there. There's some, it was a real form indi- indicated to me. And I'll tell you what I know for certain from having watched closely. I had to, I was calling the thing is that none of the stars are really playing very well right now. And you know, that's why DJ is playing this week. The only one out of the group of folks that played solidly was Cantlay, and to a certain extent, Justin, uh, pardon me, uh, Jordan Spieth. The rest of them were kind of, you know, not complete at all. Would you, would you put Rom in that category too? Rom was just Rom was playing on will to me. There, there were a lot I of agree plays that. that were pulled. He, he missed a <laughs> lot of balls left. Uh, there was a lot of Spanish hands on hips. He looked like a frustrated dude, man. And I'll tell you what, um, uh, that, that match against Ryan Palmer, that was pulled off by, by hook or by crook. That was sheer yeah. willpower that he won that thing. Ryan Palmer just couldn't walk through. The, I mean, no. he couldn't walk through the door on that. It's like Rom willed his, I agree with you, he willed his way to win that one. All right, gentlemen. 
WGC Dell Technologies match play and the Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship in the books. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Makes me the favorite. Makes me the favorite. DJ is going to be like three to one when we wake up tomorrow. DJ is going to be like three to one. Speed will be like nine. He's, and I, I think, I think the week of, I think Speed will be the third, the third favorite behind DJ and Bryson. I do. Oh, I think he's going to, yeah, 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 yeah. I think he's going to play well in, in San Antonio, like Mark said, and then I think he's going to be like ten to one to win the Masters, which is an insane thing to think. If you if you if I if you would have clipped this and could I could time travel back to January and show it to you guys, you guys would be like, he's on drugs. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, we've drug- we've lost him. We've officially <laughs> lost him. So, so, yeah. So, we've so, lost Kyle so, so speaking of being on drugs, so you're telling me he's gonna be ranked ahead of John Rum and Justin Thomas and who you say Cantley and DJ, right? Yeah, I think because I think people I think when it gets to the week of, people will be so excited about wanting to be on Spieth that they'll have to put him at like nine or ten to one. That's that's to Kyle's point. Odds makers don't care who's actually going to win the golf tournament. They just don't want to get burned. And if they start taking a bunch of tickets on Spieth, they're going to have to move him, whether he deserves it or not. So it's kind of yeah. There are a couple of guys like Tiger. Tiger's odds are always way better than they. Well, I shouldn't say always. They're normally better than they deserve to be. Spieth's are normally better than they deserve to be. Rory's are better than they deserve to be most of the time for that exact reason. Just Especially right popular. now. Right. Because they're popular guys and guys love to bet on them. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So here's what's going to happen. We'll obviously be back next week for DFS and Mega Preview and Round by Round. But for now... Let me thank Greg Ducharme, who you can find on Twitter at the Real GFD. Let me thank Mark Immelman, who you can find at Mark underscore Immelman. Kyle Porter, who you can find at Kyle Porter CBS. Producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.